in the year 2016, Colin Kaepernick yep. initially decides to actually sit down during the playing of the national anthem in a national football league game while he's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. And then after having a conversation with a a, a, a member of the U.S. Army, uh, they suggested that they feel, this particular individual suggested that perhaps don't sit down, but take a knee. And the reasons that Colin Kaepernick decided not to stand during the playing of the national anthem is that he felt that the flag of America did not represent him and his people. And he was he was disillusioned with what uh, what seemingly America stands for. I've been here many times before and I've never been defeated and still I will never be defeated. It's Jay. And this is Chuck. What's up, everyone? This is Jay from the Two Upfront podcast, where we look at the weekend sporting action and other narratives around the sporting arena that may have gone under the radar. I am not by myself. I am joined by Chuck. What up, Chuck? What's up, Jay? Uh, what's up to all the people who are listening? This is Chuck on this mic. Um, on this particular episode, we've got Arsenal versus City. The question is, should Arsenal be happy with that performance or with that particular result? We'll look at Wilfred Zaha's comment about um, taking a knee and the whole Black Lives Matter um, issue in football in particular. And we'll look at um, this week's or the past week's Champions League um games and we highlight we zoom in we zero in on Mbappe and Haaland are uh, these the stars for the next generation so Jay top of the agenda is Arsenal versus City the scoreline was just 1-0 in favor to City with Raheem Sterling's header but I mean all in all at the end of the game Arsenal held their own they didn't pose that much of a threat but they held their own Guardiola held their own and I think to my memory this whole season Arsenal haven't been thumped by anyone so I think they've put in a credible shift against a Manchester City team that's been on fire lately. So would you, as an Arsenal fan, say you're happy with that? Arsenal were thumped by Aston Villa 3-0. Yeah, but Jay, it didn't get over three. Like, the, like everyone has gotten four, five, six, five or seven at seven. some point. Yeah. True. Um, although what Arsenal have gotten is consistent losses. Did you see? Yes. Did you see mm-hmm. the, the 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 poster, the promotional poster? I, I think in Kenya. Dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> like the and no 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 no. Well, that came from Manchester City. Manchester City, mad disrespectful. They've got Kevin De Bruyne and Sterling on their promotional poster and representing Arsenal. They've got Dinosaurs, <laughs> the stuffed animal. I'm just like, wow. So when you think Arsenal, this is what is an actual. Mascot. What do you mean a stuffed a animal? A mascot. He's a, he's a stuffed animal. He's a glorified <laughs> stuffed animal. No, the post I'm actually referring to is one that was, was screened, I think in Kenya, as I'm saying, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it was billed as the the unbeatables versus, or the un- unbeaten Manchester City versus the overbeaten, <laughs> which is Arsenal. <laughs> I was like, man, everyone was on one concerning Arsenal this past weekend. Jeez. And I mean, that comes from the fact that, as I'm saying, like Arsenal may have not been thumbed to this, this, this season four, five, six, or seven, but they've been beaten eleven times, eleven times. Yeah. So, 
in the in the match against Manchester City, coming into that match, everyone wasn't expecting Arsenal going to be thumped by City because that has been the narrative of this fixture um, for the past few seasons now. Although this particular season, as you as you point out, I mean the reverse fixture only turned out to be a one 0 victory um, by City, you know, and in that particular match. Arteta came out after the match saying that Arsenal were unlikely to lose that match. And I also had similar feelings in terms of Arsenal were, were close to the performance of City. But that was a Manchester City who had not quite yet reached these heights, mm-hmm. you know. Which, I suppose, tells its own story. Because coming into the game, as I'm saying, the expectation was Manchester City are going to be all over Arsenal like a bad rash. Because they they had been to Anfield and destroyed Liverpool in the second half of that match. They'd been uh, to Chelsea and also dismantled Chelsea as well. Mm. So, yeah, the expectation was with Arsenal as well, coming into this match, winning the game against Leeds, but prior to that, like with the two losses, you weren't expecting much, you know. And then when Sterling rises above uh, the, the, the defenders to head in that goal early in the match, you're thinking, man, it's going to be a long day. Mm. Didn't turn out to be like that, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, watching the match, I, I thought Arsenal did did come back to the level of City, but I also felt like City didn't have one of their best games. Yeah. This was not vintage City that we've seen literally over the last uh, few weeks. And having said that, though, I... I didn't really quite feel that Arsenal were in it to win it. I did not quite feel that they actually gonna like get over the hump, maybe draw a goal back and might actually even cause the upset, which was upsetting. And I don't look at that match at this point in the season. I don't look at that performance and think to myself, yeah, man, it's a moral victory. There are no moral victories. They don't translate into any points. They don't, they don't push you any higher in the table and they don't change the narrative around your team because as I'm saying this is like Arsenal's 11th loss why do you have to be so black and white there are no moral victories there's nothing to learn again from that particular game I feel like there are always things to learn again from Arsenal in these in the in these matches I've been I've I've, I've been on our show Chuck talking about the fact that if Arsenal didn't get a player sent off against Burnley would have won that match if we didn't get a player sent off against Southampton we we win that match as well, but these things happened, mm. you know. Because and, and and those two instances, for example, when you get the red card in the previous game, did you not learn anything from that? <laughs> and if they I are guess. learning stuff, like are they are they absorbing these lessons, you know? Because for me, I watched that match and I was thinking to myself, why is Pepe in the team, you know? That, like, that was a bolt out of the blue. That one. It really was, and so yeah, man. I don't I I, I don't know if. Rather, let me say it this way. I don't want Arsenal to turn into a mediocre team. Like, I honestly feel, and for the longest time, I honestly feel Arsenal fans are like the pits in terms of accepting mediocrity. For the longest time, very happy with Wenger's performances and <laughs> getting to fourth place. Mm. And just just to be close, you know, or, or uh, well, at least Arsenal play the best football in, in, in the division. Mm. What do you get for that? You don't get any prizes handed out to you in May for having the most attractive football. And Arsenal fans... We're satisfied with that, you know, mm. and I don't think if Arsenal really see themselves as 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 a big team still and have 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 visions of challenging for the the biggest prizes, EPL title, getting back to the Champions League, never mind competing to win it. You can't go into matches against an opponent and be happy or be yeah. satisfied having lost. I think 
I would agree with you this. You can't be happy with the result. You can't be happy with the fact that you only let in one goal because I, I, I watched that game and I thought to myself, Uti, and I, every time I watch Saka, I, I always realize that he's better than what I think. And I don't know it, when will I officially say this guy is properly good. Every time I see him, for some reason, he surprises me. But the thing is, when when will Saka find people who are on, switched on or in the game same or alive the same time that he is? Because he's, he's basically trying to do this by himself and there's no one helping him. Um, the Pepe inclusion, I, it was confusing as well because it's not like you needed him. You've never needed Pepe, not this season. He hasn't shown anything to suggest to Guti. As soon as I'm fit, or as soon as I'm available, or when this particular tie comes, put me in, like Kevin De Bruyne was thrust in as soon as he was available. So I think if you want to turn things around, regardless of who you play, losing just never works. It never works. I mean, there are no title contenders to City because everyone keeps messing around. And you need to have certain targets. And I'm sure they're targeting Europa. I'm sure they're targeting Champions League places. And if you're going to drop points like that, after the, after the run that you guys had um, when you lost all those games and you were in, playing around with the relegation zone and stuff, but this is not going to help. So I, I don't see any moral victory in this one. I don't at all. Because another thing, Jay, when you look at City versus Everton, for the first half, that tie was, was equally balanced. But in, second, in the second half, City turned on the style and they got over the line with this game they barely showed up and you wonder to yourself what are they gonna go to were they were they right for the taking if i could say because it was like sort of like a dip in their performance not their form in their performance and maybe you could have capitalized but no one was there to do it except for saka so can't be happy with that they really were like if there has been a time in the 17 game winning streak yeah. where they were there for even a draw <laughs> if yeah, we if we describe <clears throat> Sorry, if we describe being there for the taking as not winning, even salvaging a draw against this opponent, that was the day for it, you yeah. know. Because I mean, even the inclusion of like Kevin De Bruyne, he was not he was not on it um, for the entirety of the game. Had moments yeah, like he had he had too. some three passes that reminded you that oh, this is a bad boy, you know. Yeah, you don't mess around with this. But I mean, <clears throat> even even in that, Chuck, I'm looking at the Arsenal team, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm comparing it to the Manchester City team. Except for Sergio Aguero, right? There is no one who Manchester City would have wanted to play in that match who was not there. Mm. Every single one of their players who, like, or whatever wish list that Pep goes and went into the season with, every single one of his, his, his best 11 was out there, except, as I'm saying, for Sergio Aguero. And then when you, when you, when you look at on the other side, when you look at Arsenal, Arsenal are still waiting one of these days for for uh, Saliba and Gabriel to happen. Mm. Instead, you are you're watching a game where Pablo Mari is one of the central defenders and he's playing alongside Holding. You know, you look in the midfield. El Nani is playing almost ninety minutes against Manchester City. Where, like, when when you see that, Chuck, where is Arsenal? Yeah. Where is Arsenal in this in this building project? I mean, sure, Thomas Partey is, is, is down with injury, right? But in 2021, El Nini is, one, is still playing for Arsenal. Two, he's playing his Manchester City. Three, he's playing almost the entire game, right? And then you have you have, have a Bomeyang coming off of a hat-trick against Leeds and then, sp- like, spurning, spurring chances against Benfica in midweek and, like, not being oh, yeah, there at all. 
that was embarrassing actually for for someone of his quality. I thought to myself, like, Uguti, the way it was Kumangabungeza and all these other Chiefs players were missing that that was on dude, the same level. That from was exactly that guy, on the same level. From that guy, like that's that's the person. And I mean, so you look at that and it feels like Chuck, like over over the past few years, you keep waiting for the best Arsenal team. Arsenal fan base are always dreaming, always dreaming about like. Three, four, five players that can come into this Arsenal Arsenal team and make them better. I mean, at Manchester United, you thinking can we get like a Haaland, for example, or like a top striker, or maybe like can we can we, can we get like a Jadon Sancho? You know, you're not mm. thinking of overhauling like five different positions. But as I'm saying, like when I when I'm watching that that Arsenal team, three of the back four are not guys I expect to be there in the the best version of Arsenal. But then I, I I'm saying this to you like oh, my expectations of what the best version of Arsenal is. When is this going to happen? Is this ever going to happen? Like am I going to be here again ne- this time next next year talking about uh maybe we can bring in such and such and cuz in that game we missed Thomas Partey. We need we missed yeah, the Thomas Partey who yeah. played against Manchester United at Old Trafford because with with the way that City press and the way that they send trigger guys to the guys who got the ball, there were a couple of times where holding was dribbling past guys, you know. And I'm Holy thinking to myself, games, if yeah. Party is there and he does it because he does that so well, he is able to like shift past guys quite easily. He does that, and then he's got the lay of the land in front of him. He can run into space. He can dictate things. But instead, we have El Nani. Do you not think the best version of Arsenal is perhaps what happened at City, where? They they bring in Sterling, they bring in Stones, but only a couple of seasons later we see someone that were like, okay, Sterling deserves a shot when you're talking about Europe's best. Stones all of a sudden is a solid defender, and that was all in-house, and it happened over time. Do you th- not think then maybe Cedric, if he stays, will be able to at some point shut out Mares for a whole game because he was having a hard time, especially in the first half. Mares Bagazianzela. So Tierney. Tierney is one of them. Tierney was Tierney and Pablo Mari were being abused <laughs> by Maris. <laughs> and the thing is, Tierney is one of our best players this season. Him being back and teaming up with Saka, with Saka on, on the left hand side is is massive. Yeah. But then, like he was exposed in defense, you know. Because yeah. and <clears throat> actually, I was thinking this um, before I throw it back to you. Like Maris is what Arsenal thought they were signing when they were signing Nicolas Pepe, because. The dribbling ability, the the ability to just like man up a guy and and do as he pleases, as I'm saying. And when he seemingly locks in on the fact that he he might have a bunny on that particular day, it's a long day for yeah. the defender. Whereas on the and then on the other hand, like Pepe is supposed to do those things, and it, it's like who scouts this guy? As, as a, it's, it's, it may be a confidence thing, as. And I'm not I'm not gonna say what Pepe is gonna get to Mario's level. I don't know. Maybe it's in him. Maybe it's not. But when I <clears throat> contrast and I look at my team and a, a winger that I, I could happily do without, Dan James, he has a performance that he has <laughs> against Newcastle. And he scored a goal, a goal in the Europa as well. Dan James, when he's confident, tries things. But obviously, he's got limited ability. And I ask myself, with, with Pepe, he, to yeah. me, it does look like he's struggling with confidence. That he can't bring himself to try the, the audacious skills, the try go one-on-one with a defender. He's always thinking, what if I mess up? What if it doesn't come off? And I think with 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 the Elneny and and Chaka, I think Arteta's plan was just to try nullify City's City's threat because Bomayang was was off color the whole game. Like I'm saying, Saka was the only one trying to play. I I, I don't understand why Smith Rowe was on the bench. I don't know. He's a live wire for Arsenal. So 
it even goes all the way up to management. Arsenal cannot be happy with that. I think they approached the game wrong. The execution was wrong. And in the end, I think they were on... It was telling. And so the result was telling us to where they were in terms of their preparation and their squad selection with that game. So they can't be happy with that. They shouldn't be. Yeah, man. Ultimately, I don't think, if, as I'm saying, I don't think if you've got plans of, of moving up uh, in, in, in the table, plans of, of winning trophies, that you can, yeah, go home with, yeah, but you know what? At least we tried. Because I was, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite now, when, when Solskjaer came out with the comments after last season's um, knockout in the, in, in, the, in the EFL Cup against Manchester City, and he was talking about how close they've, they've now come to Manchester City. And it's like, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? You're not trying to be close to people. You're mm. trying to be on their level and surpass them. You're trying to be competitive, yes, right? Mm. That is the first step. But that is not something that you can hang your hat on that, well, at least we're close, you know? Yeah. Because what are they doing over there? They're prospering on the other side, you know? So, and I mean, with with with, with, with the selections, the selections were a little head scratches. I fear sometimes that Ateta does fall into the trap of just being loyal to to guys, because as much as Pepe was was terrible against Manchester City, he's been better the last couple of last couple of games, partly because he's been played on the left hand side, and because when Saka and Tierney play on the the same side of the field, the 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 ball is monopolized on that side. So the other thing, which is not Pepe's fault, is that he was not getting any service. It, uh, it just no. so happens that the two guys on the other on the side, like they magnet, they magnets for the ball, and they're better, you know. So Ateta had figured out, okay, put Pepe that that side and switch Saka to the other side. Then it's a bit balanced because Saka is so good that the ball will find him. Yeah. And the other side, Arsenal, so used to playing to the other side that it will get to Pepe on 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 on, on those merits. But instead, Aubameyang was out and Aubameyang is back, you know, and it's like he's back and he goes straight into the team. Whereas Lacazette was scoring. He was helping out the team. I don't think Lacazette is the best thing going around at the moment. Then you have a situation where Martinelli is on the bench. Yeah, he's had like injury issues, you know. But like, why Why in a game that's like clearly you're trying to come back from, why is El Nini still playing? Why are you not bringing Martinelli in? And if El Nini is there to help cover like the back four and guys, there was a point where Kevin De Bruyne ran like what, 50 meters with the ball untouched. And I'm like, well, where's the guy who's supposed to be tracking him? And if he's not doing that and we know he's not there because of his passing, why isn't Sib- like, like Sabayo is playing because he's a better passer, even if he's as a liability as, as, as El Nini was, because at least he'll give you something. I think, it was, it's, I think one, one is an assumption. But two, I think it's more calculated to assume Muguti, he was rotating and resting players because I think he had ordered guard, Ceballos, Smith Rowe, I don't know if, and Shaka during the week play, yeah. right? All of them. So you had like a, a very um, well, um, well put side in terms of the attacking side of Arsenal. But here's my assumption. Do you not suppose or think, Muguti, maybe Arteta is looking at the games that he can win and he's going to throw all of his... Uh, all of his horses in and try to win those games. And when he's playing against the cities and maybe Liverpool, I think those are the only hard teams that, that he's not going to go toe-to-toe with. Do you not think that he'll try to get then uh, a Chaka and uh, El Nene and try save the game, get a, earn a point, and then with everyone else then really try to go for the game? Because I, I, I can't understand why he put out that team. I'm thinking, is he, is he not targeting the people who are around him to get points and then elevate maybe to top four, top six or whatever? 
the teams that Arteta should be worried about are the Wolves of this world, <laughs> the Burnleys of this world. Because you guys put in a masterclass in the first half against Wolves, and and Nothing that went pear shaped. Yeah, you know. So the only thing I can think, Chuck, is the fact that, and I mean, realistically, I I have to admit the fact that top four is is beyond Arsenal this season. Arsenal are eleven points behind West Ham. West Ham, 11 points behind West Ham. And so the only route back into the lucrative tournament that is the Champions League, which will feed into whatever whatever vision that uh, Arteta has, like attracting players and, and, and building this, this squad up, is through winning the Europa League. You know that's that's the only way Arsenal get back into the Champions League next as 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 soon as next season. So I I I presume he was saving some players like uh, Emil Smith Rowe has played a lot in recent times. Yeah. Um. And if then you feel that he's a, he's a big player and you need him for the big moments, the the bigger moment is at the moment uh the the game the second leg against Benfica versus uh, a. a I was going to say a title tilt, but that's not what it is, versus a clash against Manchester City. So yeah. I can only presume he's saving them for the Europa League because the Europa is the most important uh, competition that Arsenal is still involved in, in this particular season. Um, so we go now, we switch to to teams and we go to the views and the comments of a particular individual, that being Wilfred Zaha. And I guess Wilfred Zaha had time on his hands because he's not playing for Crystal Palace. He's currently injured. Um, and so the comments are, well, to give you a, a bit of background on what he said without actually getting a quote, I'll look for one if they need, they need be. Um, Wilfred Zaha was speaking about taking a knee before games and the whole Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Wilf, Wilfred Zaha feels that taking a knee has no impact at this point and we're just doing it as an exercise that's more... Uh, is more popular than it is effective and so he says he, he's not going to take a knee anymore which effectively according to what we know he'll be the first player in the Premier League to not take a knee there have been teams in the championship and lower down who have decided not to take a knee and in various other sports, sporting codes but in the EPL specifically Wilfred Zaha is the first player to do that should he not take a knee on his return and he feels it, 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 he doesn't need to take a knee for him to be recognized that he matches as a black person. He doesn't want to wear a Black Lives Matter t-shirt or slogan or whatever so that it may be real, so people can realize that he does matter. So he says it's, 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 if, if he's going to do all these things and there is no political or, I don't know, massive action being taken, which, which, is, sorry, which is taking place to change things, then taking a knee is just taking a knee. It's just your knee touching the cross and nothing else happens. So, Jay is a man who is, if I could say in our local term, a pastil. Um, he's had enough and he's had his say. What do you make of it? So the quotes you're looking for, uh, Wilfred Zaha says, I've said before that I feel like taking the knee is degrading mm-hmm. and stuff because growing up, my parents just let me know that I should be proud to be black no matter what and I feel like we should just stand tall. Because I feel like taking the knee now, it's becoming... We do it before games and even sometimes people forget that we have to do it before games. Mm. Trying to get the meaning behind it, it's becoming something that we just do now and that's not enough for me. I'm not going to take the knee. I'm not going to wear Black Lives Matter on the back of my shirt because it feels like it's a target. So on the matter of him uh, equating taking a knee to, 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 to being an action that is degrading, 
and he says that he was taught and wants to stand tall and he means that figuratively but he also means that literally uh, i suppose for him to not be on the ground but rather to be on both of his feet standing tall reiterates the message from his parents in terms of how to combat uh, racism or any other kind of oppression that is leveled against you i think it's important to actually go back to the genesis of taking any so mm. in the year 2016 colin kaepernick initially decides to actually sit down during the playing of the national anthem in a national football league game while he's the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. And then after having a conversation with a a a, a member of the US Army, uh they suggested that they feel this particular individual suggested that perhaps don't sit down but take a knee. And the reasons that Colin Kaepernick decided not to stand during the playing of the national anthem is that he felt that the flag of America did not represent him and his people and he was he was disillusioned with what uh what seemingly America stands for uh particularly at the time when we also all over the world uh, saw the stories that came kept coming out of America with police brutality against black lives you yeah, know this is way before George Floyd this is way before George Floyd yes yeah. and Colin Kaepernick paid for that move with his career that was brave yep. on his end and he he was the courage of his convictions carried him to a point where he did really sacrifice his his passion his livelihood so that he can he can stand figuratively so to speak for what he believed in so that then became the symbol now in 2020 when we saw the policeman who put his knee on George Floyd's neck for over 8 minutes as 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 he took his life from him that 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 correlated in terms of the symbol that when whoever is is either you're a black or an ally you take a knee so as to actually take a stand against um brutality against black bodies black lives and this was adopted worldwide and where was where, where Zaha comes in and when he makes the statement that he makes i think for for most people the 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 action of taking a knee has been lost in translation yeah. because there isn't seemingly the connection back to so to speak the originator right so as a result people people are taking a knee and for me you know when 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 it, when it struck me that uh, yeah they should probably stop doing this when you watch the games right and they there's the blowing of the whistle and everyone takes a knee you can hear it when the commentators um give a narrative of what is happening it's not it's not potent anymore it's not it, it it's not gripping it's it it doesn't invite you into a moment of actually being cognizant of what you are seeing and what it's supposed to communicate to you it feels just like something that is being done at the beginning of matches so i i i i i would say the premise of where zaha is coming from is he might not have it correct in terms of be well he doesn't want to take it because he feels it 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 represents um lowering yourself that is that is not what taking any is because when Kaepernick took that first knee he was actually standing up for what he believed in for the same things that Zaha believes in but from the standpoint that he feels at this point it is not it's not moving the conversation forward and it's not actually it's not providing any change i'm with him on that 
I mean, since the taking of the knee, there's been spurts here and there of racial abuse on social media. You know, within Kenya, it feels as if they've like Tanzibia. gone yeah. up. Actually, yeah, it's like people don't care anymore. And I feel with the EPL specifically, and that's the one thing I watch consistently, and I know that it happens everywhere, everywhere else in the world, but not as often. I feel that the EPL felt like let's not abandon this, but let's keep it going. Um, whereas other sporting codes have dropped it. I mean, you'd, you'd see people, especially. I mean, I, I even remember it with the, with F one teams that it was certain drivers who were willing to do it, some weren't willing to do it, and I think that eroded because of what it was in that particular segment or in that particular sport. Where with soccer, everyone was for it, everyone was was for for taking a knee, and they did it. And I think over time, it's 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 worn out in terms of its impact and and, and its relevance. And but the Premier League kept it because they're not going to pull the plug now and then look like they're not backing it because obviously they've got all these um, what's the few initiatives on race? Um, what's it called? Um, kick out, kick out, kick racism out, kick racism out, yes. And they've got that already, and they've got Black Lives Matter and all these things. So I felt that the EPL stuck with it, but they themselves didn't know how to motor or move it forward. So I think that's where Zaha finds himself. He finds himself with okay, we're here in a car. We were told we're going to Durban. It's been three days. We're still driving. Yeah. Um. I don't know if it's best we get off because <laughs> we're just going forward. But there is no indication that we're getting closer to where we're supposed to be. And you can't ask the, the bus driver any questions. You're just in the car. They are stopped. So he figures at this point, this is where I'm going to get off because I don't see what's going on anymore. So Crystal Dunn of the U.S. women's national team, she actually lended her voice to the conversation about kneeling and standing because I think as a collective, the U.S. women's national team have decided to not take a knee anymore. And she explained the fact that they were kneeling to bring attention to police brutality and systematic racism. So it was meant initially to be a symbol, mm. to to give you that, that, that visual image that you need to stop in your tracks and consider what, what is happening and what is... What are the reasons behind what is happening? But then, as she explained as well, is that they were never planning to kneel forever, mm. you know. Um, and they decided that moving forward, they don't want to take a knee, but instead they want to do the work that actually goes into dismantling these systems as much as is available to them as 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 a football team. Mm. So, in essence, they've they've decided not to stand. Like we've we've knelt enough we have we have we have brought we have brought attention that we needed to bring but now it's time for work you know and there's a time for that and in terms of just overall like how you go about dismantling racism i had a conversation about this on another podcast in terms of the black lives matter movement that is it actually contributing to changing anything like is the slogan like mm. it's just going around chanting the slogan or wearing it on your shirt or painting it on in, on the streets is that actually doing anything and my my feeling is that it, how you combat racism is it's an all-inclusive fight you know it must come from like the populace it must come from the streets and then it must come from lawmakers it must come to people who are in power people who are actually able to change some things around you know and we've had the movement on the ground which was the kneeling in this instance but now as 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 um miss dan says that it's it's time for the work to be done Mm. and i think you were you were you were alluding to something that maybe you can share some light on in terms of how there are things that are flagged on the internet and taken down but is there more that can be done in terms of 
with racism as well. Yeah, like for instance, if you if you post um, copywritten material or stuff that's that's uh, protected with with all these image rights that we have, videos, clips, or whatever, if you do that, or you, you if you use even someone's music or someone's picture unlawfully. Wait a couple of days, you'll find a message from Twitter, from Instagram. For We've seen it. Take it down because you don't have the right to use this particular picture. But I can text that someone is a monkey and someone is a black this or a Chinese that or Indian that. And that comment will stay on forever. I mean, that's how the Argent- Argentine captain, if I'm mistaken, was it the captain or the player? Yeah, 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 captain. Retrospectively, they were able to find these tweets from years back because that's how old those tweets were. And they stuck around for all this time for someone to dig up, find resources and say, Ha, you're racist, we've got the evidence. Whereas it'll be hard to find something that <laughs> that, that, that a big corporation has complained about because it'll probably get, get flagged, flagged down and taken off the internet in a matter of moments, if not days. So the question is then, how do you justify, and I think it all has to do with money, how do you justify when, when, when something as insignificant as someone's song, and maybe I say that because I'm not an artist and I don't understand, but someone's song... Being said in comparison, to, in comparison, yeah. someone's song being used for one particular video. I mean, for instance, I'll give you an, um, a, a, little, a little bit of info. TikTok has signed a deal with certain music uh, artists that if you play a Rihanna song when you're doing a TikTok, Rihanna will get paid because Rihanna's not putting out her music for free anymore for TikTok, right? So if you, if you, so basically it's almost, it's almost impossible to use Rihanna's song without Rihanna getting paid because it will be unlawful on TikTok and all these other platforms. But now, when money's not involved, I can write and, and, and be whoever and whatever and do whatever I want, and there is no action towards it. I mean, I, I remember a story where Ian Wright was racially abused by, uh, I think it was a 15, 16-year-old kid. And he, he pressed charges, not necessarily because he, he hated a kid or whatever, but he wanted there to be a precedent. To, if you have if you racially abuse someone on, on Instagram, let's say social media, there will be consequences. And nothing was done. So he felt that the system failed him there. I'm not being failed by the system, Jay, once again, because I know that turning things around like racism will take time, but there needs to be, as you say, a plan, a time for when we actually say, okay, we're done talking, let's do this. Because I feel English Prem is stuck in that particular place. They don't know what, okay, if we, if we stand up now, we're going to look like we teach the whole movement. They don't know what to, they don't, they don't have a plan, or at least we don't know what their plan is moving forward. Yeah, if there is a plan, it hasn't been communicated. And my feeling is that there hasn't been no communication because there is no plan. Uh, again, referencing um, the, the, the thinking of the U.S. Women's National Team is that you can stop taking the knee when you then come back and say, because we've progressed the conversation to something a little more uh, useful, uh, mm. something that actually will begin to address and redress these things that we're pointing out, you know. So I I think they should stop kneeling. But I also think much more than that in terms of... And the thing is, here's the thing, guys. This is, this is football we're talking about. This is sport. You know, these are games that are being played. But these are also the lives of, 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 of real people who are being affected by all of these uh, messages that come towards them. I mean, at some point, Anthony Martial had asked Manchester United to help him out with a little more security because he was afraid for for his life you know but to the point i'm making in terms of this football i don't expect football to suddenly crack the code and figure out how to end racism in 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 a world that has lived with it for a couple of hundred years 
but in terms of the but because you have you have injected yourself into the conversation then that means you have a corner and you have a part to play and it it you can't you can't just do it for the images you can't just do it for the cameras you can't just do it for the show uh, you have to actually be out there you have to actually implement some things that are available to you go to the US women's national team sit down with them ask them what are they doing ask them look and see if there there are some things that they're doing that you can adapt and adopt to your to your own situation and tell us that this is what you're doing bring in players like Azaha bring in these guys who have such strong feelings about this bring in an Ian Wright you know bring in like more more black people to come sit down with you and let them give you ideas in terms of okay how do we move this conversation forward how do we begin to fight and protect our players if that is available you know if that is not available because i don't know if you can really control every single twitter is access to the entire world and like football players though they be based in england they are global stars and i don't know if you can control someone in the philippines or as well as in south africa and then in uruguay but then in terms of okay this is what we're going to do in our society bring bring them in for that you know because if they if they go a period of what 40 weeks mm-hmm. like kneeling and at the end of it that's all they did it's like uh, guys you can stop i'm going to use something that i heard like two weeks back remember there was a particular company that infringed on certain rights on soundcloud if i'm mistaken spotify oh, and they lost all all, all of yeah. the library i think eight seven years worth of work lost just like that Why can't if I tweet something racist or that shows some form of discrimination or whatever's inappropriate why can't I just get my account deleted on the spot and then I'll have to open another one and then they delete that one and then I just I can't keep going can I will I They need to track these down these guys down first but yeah, the thing and is then people have shut got, them down people have got too many burner accounts with this <sighs> That's true that's that is if they can you yeah. know if 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 they can track you via your 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 social media presence that would be great name and shame um but in the absence of that as we've seen with yeah. a certain uh president of a certain country you can be banned for life <laughs> on because those There are private go. platforms and yeah. the, the 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 corporations that own them can just make a decision and press a button and tell you that you are out you because, fired because they analyzed that tweet and they said that tweet is not healthy it's going to incite violence and it's not good But if you, what about the racist ones? I mean, Jay, is it not funny? And I know that the COVID nineteen was a big pandemic, but we can all identify, except for a few who feel that COVID was 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 brought by five G and five G devils. And <laughs> except for those people, we as the whole world can realize that there is a problem here, and we work tirelessly, health workers, scientists, whoever's involved, and we find a vaccine and we find a way out. But with racism. Why are we so why is, are we still in denial that there's a problem? I I don't get it, but alas, this is the world we we live in. And this is this is why I do feel that um an organization like the English FA do need prominent um people of color hmm. who are sitting in those boardrooms, who are chairing those meetings and coming up with uh these ideas because these are people who would bring a lived experience to the things that they're talking about and they can begin hashing out plans going from there you know so yeah yeah i mean maybe get ivan cause 
No, not the Iron Duke. Not the Iron Duke. Switching Iron lanes. Duke can have one foot in the FA, one foot in the club. Man, the Iron so Duke probably awesome. runs FIFA. We don't know. We are, we will find out one of these good days. <laughs> so anyway, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. So the Champions League is back, right? Yep. <laughs> and we saw a a nameless PSG thrash Barcelona four mm-hmm. one at the new camp. And then we saw the following night um, a, a, a Holland-inspired Dortmund as well go to Sevilla yeah. and, 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 and turn them over 3-1. And the, the big storylines coming out of the previous week of Champions League action was a, a certain Kylian Mbappe and the aforementioned um, Haaland. So, question. Are these the two leading lights in the next generation? Is this... The next big rivalry are they the next headline stars, and are we maybe even there right now? We could be. I mean, you would you'd hear oftentimes, and I know Ronaldo was one who was more willing to admit it than Messi that they push each other and they make each other better. Erling Haaland comes out after the match to say, "Guti, after I saw Mbappe score a hat trick, I was inspired." I think he's lying, by the way, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And what does he do? He has a, his own hat-trick. Um, it's hard to see anyone else besides these two who are churning out the numbers that they're doing right now, number one, to the impact they have on their squads. I mean, if if either one of them goes out, their team looks completely different. I mean, we thought they'd miss Neymar. We, we almost had an episode of Neymar not being there for the clash, but good thing we waited because Mbappe did what he did. And this is Mbappe playing against Messi. And Mbappe scoring a hat-trick. And all Messi had was a penalty. You know, and obviously it's not Messi's fault because Messi's not a defender. But usually, when the stars battle it out, it's always a tit for tat, and one always responds with something. But uh, on that particular occasion, Mbappe Sean. I think Jay, these are the next gen stars. You might add a few other talented people, but it's hard to look beyond these two. I think these are the two main players, and I think to be fair for me, they need to move, change clubs, uh, so they can shine brighter and have more global impact. Um, but these are the two. Maybe though, if Mbappe keeps doing it in the Champions League, because uh, PSG have have raised their they 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 cachet in the minds of people, I suppose in the last few years, they're not they're still not yet quite uh, Bayern Munich or Barcelona, Real Madrid or the EPL teams. So there is there is the argument that he should switch teams, or as as someone suggested on Twitter that he could be a sort of ambassador for French football, and and actually bring. Bring, bring, bring eyeballs to their game. I don't know about that, though. Um, it could happen, but I don't know about that. Mm. In terms of these two guys, you know, when I when I saw this trending or like the conversation going on, I have to tell you, like my first my first thought was a little sadness because I was thinking to myself, "Is it over?" Not with those particular guys, because yeah. when I look at Haaland and Mbappe, I see I see machines. I see, I see, I see athletes. You know, their their games are similar in the fact that they are they they are these like physical physical specimens. Mbappe is not that big, but like he's electrifying, mm-hmm. right? And then you have Haaland, who is who is big and who moves surprisingly well at his height, and he can finish. And as 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 we point out with both of them, they're still young. But the the cause for my sadness was I feel like. The football artist is gone. 
I mean, there was a time when we when we were growing up, there was a time where when you were talking about the best player in the world, you were having a conversation about Brazilian Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. You were having a conversation about Zinedine Zidane. Mm-hmm. Thrown in there was Luis Figo. Yep. And then you had um, Ronaldinho, right? Artists. Yeah. Guys who, it's not just like these guys are just going to go and they're going to run past everyone and they're going to like pump up stats, you mm-hmm. know? And... I was thinking to myself, is is this where football has gone? Um, because if if the two leading lights of the next generation are these guys, and Mbappe is, is, is a bit different, I'll give him that, because he has some wiggle to his game. He has some magic to his game. Um, but I had that feeling. You know, I, I couldn't help but think, man, when are we next going to see or hear in the con? And this is why I've come to appreciate Neymar so much, mm. because... It's not just he's just gonna um, scope it in front of you and just like try to outrun you. You know he's gonna dazzle. Um, he's 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 gonna try put you on, on on the ground. Yeah. But they, it's hard to look past these two guys. Um, particularly Mbappe. I'm a fan of Mbappe, and I think part of the reason I'm a fan of Mbappe is because he reminds me so much of Thierry Henry, and like obviously as an Arsenal person, like a big Thierry Henry guy. And also because of the fact that the two times I've seen Mbappe play against um, Lionel Messi teams, he's outplayed the 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 little master, and mm-hmm. and that okay. says a lot mm-hmm. about about that young man. I think to try answer your question, is it over for the magicians, those who are technically gifted and do amazing things with the ball? I think it could be Jay. I think we will lament that because of the new formations and the new way football is played. Football is quicker. Yeah. And we only have three people in the midfield right now. And so I think it's part of the reason why Thiago has had a hard had a time at Liverpool because all you can do right now in midfield these days is just work hard because you have to get the ball to your front three. And if you're on the front three, that's where the stars will be. So I think that, that then we, that's when we see the likes of Jadon Sancho being the, one, of the, one of the players to join those two as, as one of the leading lights. Um, but an, a real 10, a ball player... No, they're, gone, they're not going to make them like that anymore. It's funny, you know what I'm thinking about. <laughs> You'll yeah. appreciate this. These are the children of the soldier. The soldier being Cristiano Ronaldo, as as, as stated by Seb Blatter, that Ronaldo's game is that he's a soldier. Yeah. And these are the guys that 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 we are seeing because the guys who do the the magician stuff those guys are born you don't teach that you know mm. by the way you don't teach um the kind of pace that a Mbappe and Haaland have either you know but you can more work on it as you say i mean liverpool won convincingly like a, a, an epl title in the champions league uh title before that with henderson and ronaldo being the four foremost forward like midfielders and the reason that they're in the team is to press like literally to press Retrieve the ball, and I and, think between them they probably have like five assists per season. Yeah, and so this this is the game, you know. And going back to our first topic, actually, this is what like I was saying in terms of Manchester City and Pep. Pep still is a purist in terms yeah. of like foot like football. He is only playing with the one pivot, whereas everyone else is playing with two pivots. Um, but even even Kevin De Bruyne is is more is more Gerard. Uh, more Lampard, although I think it's better than that, than he is, um, than he is even a Scholes, mm. you know. Uh, and I think, like you, I, I can't help but think this is where we are. And if this is where we are and where we're going, it's hard to look past Mbappe in Highland. Maybe I can throw in a Felix. 
perhaps. Yeah, he's still got a bit of magic in his game as well. He's not all about just goals, goals, goals. So. He has, he has, he has a a young Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, about him in mm. in, in terms of. He he moves very well. He moves very well with the ball, and it's not. He has added goals to his game um, this particular season, but you're right. There's 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 beauty there. Um, the question is, can it can it carry a team? Mm. And when you look at him, will you have the sense that you are you are perhaps looking at the best player in the world? So it's exciting times, though. Yeah. One other name I'll add to the head because I'm thinking. Let me just try and establish this in my mind. Saka. Saka is very young and. He's done a lot so far in his Arsenal career, and and he keeps growing. He's probably one season away from being like Arsenal's main star. He is Arsenal's main star <laughs> because looking past <laughs> yeah, him I for guess. the last few seasons, you'd easily probably say like Aubameyang is oh, Arsenal's yeah. best player. Yeah. Arsenal's yeah. best player is 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 the nineteen year old, which is saying something. Um, but also, I mean, there's 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 no crime being that good that young, you no, know. And my only fear of Saka is that he's not going to play for Arsenal for the rest of his career. <laughs> he keeps developing. Like at this moment in time, he's probably worth eighty million pounds as it is. And if he gets better, like uh, someone might just come calling. And if Arsenal are still walking away with like moral victories against Manchester City, <laughs> then he's going to have an RVP and like tear and rethink, feeling that the the club is not ambitious enough. So he's 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 in that conversation as well. I would. I'd mention a, a Kamavinga, but unfortunately, I don't watch the French league, so yeah. I've never seen uh, Kamavinga actually play. But I've I've heard like just good things. I mean, the guy was making his professional debut at like 15, and he was playing for the national team, always being picked for the nas- full France national team at 17. So look out for him when he finally makes his move to Real Madrid. I guys, I think we've come to the end of this particular episode. Um, and so the question is, recapping on our topics, uh, we now give to you to comment, share, and do what you do on social media. Arsenal versus City. Do you think Arsenal should be happy with the point, given that they were playing uh, a very mean team, which is Manchester Arsenal City? Arsenal should be happy with the point, Chuck. Uh, wow, you are gracious. With just losing 1-0 <laughs> with the defeat, it wasn't so bad in the end. Um, when we talk about Wilfred Zaha, should we stop taking a knee altogether in sports? And if we do, what next? And then lastly, Mbappe versus Haaland, who do you think is the next-gen star? Cool. Catch us, guys, on Spotify. Catch us on Iono. Catch us on Apple Podcasts. My name is Jay, and this has been another exhilarating episode of Two Up Front. I'm Audi. And this is Chuck. Out. Thank you.